Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Did any of you hear that there's been another shakeup in the office of the vice president? How many of you have heard about the departure of Nancy McEldowney? Probably none of you. If you Google search her name, you'll barely get a story that she is departed. Now, who is she and why am I talking about this? I'm looking at it right on Reuters. But normally when you have this level of a staff departure, it gets picked up. Associated Press, the Washington Post, et cetera, et cetera. Headline exclusive, VP Harris's national security advisor, Michael Downey, to depart. U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris's national security advisor, Nancy McEldowney, is stepping down from her role and will be succeeded by Deputy Philip Gordon, according to an internal staff memo seen by Reuters. Both McEldowney and Gordon have worked for Harris since she took office and advised the vice president and President Joe Biden on topics such as Afghanistan, Iran, Ukraine, and cybersecurity. Now, she's one of those people that has been there for 30 years. Why is she leaving? She worked for Obama and Clinton, most specifically. She was one of the advisors when Obama was trying to play both sides in Syria. On one side, saying that if Assad used chemical and biological weapons against his own people, that would be a red line. And then when it happened did nothing but defer to Russia, who was backing Assad. This is also one of the people that advised the administration on the withdrawal from Afghanistan. But there seems to be something going on, more specifically with Kamala Harris. And I get it. There are some people that will refuse to, it's the same thing with Katanji Brown-Jackson. How dare you question her? What do you mean, how dare we question her? This idea that black women or women of color or whatever you want to call them are somehow above any criticism in their performance is ridiculous. You know, no one seemed to care when Joe Biden proudly, proudly, and if I have to dig up the audio, I saw that it made it made it made the rounds again this weekend on on Twitter. Proudly filibustered Janice Rogers Brown, who perhaps would have been the first black woman on the Supreme Court. And as Chuck Schumer said, they did it because they didn't like her politics. As far as Chuck Schumer's concerned, any conservative is outside of the so-called mainstream. Janice Rogers Brown happens to be more libertarian and a constitutionalist. But they had no problem filibustering this black woman. Now, I'm not on Ketanji Brown-Jackson right now, but I will say this. To be fair, she deserves the exact same confirmation that everyone else gets. Tough but fair questions. Discussions of her her judicial opinions and judicial temperament, her views on the Constitution. This is not an insult or, or bigoted or anything. It's the process. 
But Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris seems to be protected by people who will immediately label them racist or sexist for asking substantive questions about the vice president. Now, I'm starting with this for this reason. 10 million people have been displaced in Ukraine. 10 million. This is raging on with no end in sight. Eventually, there's go- the, the voices for boots on the ground for, for a shooting war with Russia are going to get louder. Did anyone stop to think, did anyone stop to think that what seems like Russian ineptitude is bait to a trap? You know, I'm starting, I'm starting, I'm starting to hear this line now in paraphrase form. Wow, obviously the Russian army's weak. They're they're poorly trained. I did read a theory, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the correct theory, that what we're seeing that some of this ineptitude on behalf of the Russian military is that Putin is, you know, taking basically the least intelligent conscripts and throwing them into this while reserving his Spetsnaz and his other more highly trained troops. He's using mercenaries. He's using Chechen fighters, Syrian fighters. He doesn't seem to be leading with the best of his military. And that's got people ginning up an attitude like, well, we can just get in there and kick ass for two weeks. I mean, it'll be over in two weeks, right? How many times have you heard that one before? Let's just get in there, wipe the floor with Putin, show, show the Ruskies who's boss, and come home. Did anyone ever think that maybe that some of this is being done on purpose? Oh, Andrew, no way, no way. What do you mean no way? Isn't deception the key to warfare? Isn't, isn't deception a key component of warfare? It is an ultimate component of warfare. Deceiving your enemy, deceiving the world. Deception is a tactic in war. Nobody would do this. Why wouldn't they? If Putin has conscripts that may not be very literate, may not be very well trained, unlike our military, where we where families of the fallen expect something from government. I don't mean cash, but you know, an understanding of how their loved one died, that there's accountability on some level for fallen fallen American service personnel. There's there's account the media reports on it. There's accountability on some level that a war could become very unpopular and we could vote to change administrations or Congress. But that doesn't exist in Russia, at least not as it does in the United States. So if, if, he, if, if Putin wanted to deceive the world about his military strength because he wanted to later demonstrate its superiority, why would anyone not believe it's possible that what we're seeing is in part a deception? That he is throwing his you know, least least valuable troops into the fight early on to give off the impression that it would be an easy defeat should NATO get in. 
Now, I don't know if that's true. I have no evidence of that. It's just a theory. It is just a theory. But it is, in fact, now a position that because of the appearance of a poorly trained Russian military that is now lashing out at civilians, that obviously they're not up to the fight with a real military. If they're bombing civilian popul- the bomb- bombing the civilian population, if they're shelling cities in residential neighborhoods, not at all military targets, if they are destroying buildings that are schools, hospitals, these are not no, these are soft targets. Why would such a superpower of a military waste its time simply destroying apartment buildings and doing nothing but striking fear in the hearts of the civilian population if they were ready to roll over what's left of the Ukrainian military? Why wouldn't they simply be combating the Ukrainian military instead of taking it out on, like again, schools? I don't know. But the worry I have, and I think it's a worry felt by many. Joe Biden went running off to the beach this weekend. The media gleefully showed us images of him riding a bike. That should be a joke into itself, right? How high are the gas prices? Well, they're so high that the president has to ride a bike. They showed us images of, of, of trying to ensure us that what we have is a healthy, vibrant man. Look at him. He's riding a bike. How far did he ride it? I don't know. It's a two-second clip. Do we have a healthy, vibrant man in the White House? Healthy, vibrant individual, whatever? No, no, we don't. This defense of his that he's a stutterer, and that's why he tends to get lost in his speech. Really, you can go back and watch speeches from a decade ago. There's no stuttering. Go back two decades. There's no stuttering. Go back three decades. There's no stuttering. When did this stutter start? Well, when he was a kid. Really? So it it disappeared his entire adult life until he became president? The man's not stuttering. He's losing his place. We have a president that is not equipped to handle leading the Western alliance in World War III. We just don't have it. And even more disturbing, even more disturbing, you know what? We can argue about conservatives and the establishment. Is there anybody who thought during the Reagan years that George H.W. Bush, with his vast intelligence community experience and military experience, wasn't ready to step in on day one If in the midst of the Cold War, the attempt to bring down the Soviet Union, if, God forbid, Reagan was shot. Remember that. Reagan was shot. There was an assassination attempt on his life that was almost successful. Is there anyone that looked at George H.W. Bush and said, this guy's not ready? This guy's not ready. What do you you want? You want him to lead the I think everyone knew that George H.W. Bush was ready to go day one. Kamala Harris does not inspire this other than accusing someone of being sexist or racist or unfairly judging women in power and all this. Does anybody really believe that she is equipped 
to oversee the United States military in not in not an inherited campaign with an author, authorization to use military force, not inheriting Iraq or Afghanistan or Vietnam or the first Gulf War or any of these things. I'm talking about a new war that's going to involve Russia and China and perhaps North Korea and Iran. There's your alliance right there. China, Russia, North Korea, Iran versus NATO. Is Kamala Harris ready for this? Why do the senior level people on her staff keep running out the door? And when they do, they go to the Washington Post and they say for the record, she is not prepared to discuss even the most basic of issues, which is why we see the cackling and the, hold on, let me finish. What's your point, Lester Holt? My point, I'm a journalist. I'm asking you why I haven't gone to the border. Why I haven't gone to Europe either. That's not an answer. From the very same news outlets that didn't want to hear it. They portrayed Donald Trump as this buffoon. The guy on The Apprentice. The Apprentice. He was, he was, a, he was you know, a, a, a womanizing Multi, uh, you know, multi times divorced, many times divorced, TV reality host. Yet on the issue that we're facing right now in Ukraine, four years ago, four years ago, Donald Trump pointed right at Germany and said, you're part of the problem and looked right at Jens Stoltenberg, the head of NATO, the head of NATO and said, this is a problem over here with Germany and Russia. And they all said, how dare you? How did he was 100% right? And look at the state of the media that we have right now. Now they want you to forget all about their sabotaging of the Hunter Biden laptop story because now they've had to accept that it's real. So it's not Russian disinformation, it's not QAnon, it's not right wing conspiracy theory, it's not Rudy Giuliani, it's real. Where are these? I want, I want the names and resumes of the 50-plus national security personnel that said this was Russian disinformation, according to Joe Biden. And I want front and center the five former CIA directors who said the same thing. I want them front and center, and I want their damn explanations. But there's something wrong in the vice president's office. There's something wrong that we don't know about. She has been labeled a harasser by her own staff that she berates and belittles them when she looks foolish, even though it is their job to prepare her. She still comes across as unprepared. These are not newbies that are quitting. First timers. These are, this is not a gaggle of young women coming out of Georgetown and GW that were so inspired by the story of Kamala Harris that they joined the junior ranks of her staff. These are the senior level people that have been around for three decades or more that are all leaving. Why? What don't we know? And don't we, shouldn't we know this before we even think about the insanity of going into Ukraine and facing off against the Russian military 
in their own backyard. Weintick 695, Patriot 9572874. There's literally no explanation for why Nancy McEldowney left. None. The media is not even interested in this story. You can join me live on the Wilcount Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.